Section 19, Volume 2 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night Translated by Richard Burton This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Recording by Filippo Joaquin The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night Volume 2, Section 19 When it was the fifty-fourth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the fireman exclaimed, O Allah, I beseech thee of thy knowledge of hidden things, that thou make this young man's life the work of my hands. And he ceased not to nurse him for three days, giving him to drink of sherbet of sugar and willow flower water and rose water, and doing him all manner of service and kindness till health began to return to his body, and Zaw al-Makan opened his eyes. Presently came in the fireman, and seeing him sitting up and showing signs of amendment, said to him, What is now thy state, O my son? Praise be to Allah, replied Zaw al-Makan. I am well and like to recover, if such be the will of Allah Almighty at this time. The stalker praised the Lord of all for this, and wending fast to the market, bought ten chickens, which he carried to his wife, and said, Kill two of these for him every day, one at dawn of day, and the other at fall of day. So she rose up, and killed the fowl, and brought it to him boiled, and fed him with the flesh, and made him drink its broth. When he had done eating, she fetched hot water, and he washed his hands, and lay back upon the pillow, whereupon she covered him up with a coverlet, and he slept till the time of the mid-afternoon prayer. Then she arose, and killed another fowl, and boiled it, after which she cut it up, and bringing it to Zawa Makan, said, Eat, O my son. While he was eating, behold, her husband entered, and seeing her feeding him, sat down at his head, and said to him, How is it with thee now, O my son? Thanks be to Allah for recovery, he replied. May the Almighty requite thee thy kindness to me. At this the fireman rejoiced, and going out, bought sherbet of violets and rose water, and made him drink it. Now the stalker used to work at the hammam all day for a wage of five dirhams, whereupon he spent every day for Zawal Makan one dirham upon sugar and sherbet of rose water and willow flower water, and another dirham for fowls, and he ceased not to entreat him thus kindly during a whole month, till the traces of illness ceased from him and he was once more sound and whole. Thereupon the fireman and his wife rejoiced and asked him, O my son, wilt thou go with me to the bath? Whereto he answered, Yes. So the stalker went to the bazaar and fetched the donkey boy, and he mounted the Zawal Makan on the ass and supported him in the saddle till they came to the bath. Then he made him sit down, 
and seated the donkey boy in the furnace room, and went forth to the market, and bought iot leaves and lupin flour, with which he returned to the bath, and said to Zaw al-Makan, O my master, in Allah's name, walk in, and I will wash thy body. So they entered the inner room of the bath, and the fireman took to rubbing Zaw al-Makan's legs, and began to wash his body with the leaves and meal. When there came to them a bathman, whom the bathkeeper had sent to Zaw al-Makan, and he, seeing the stalker washing and rubbing him, said, This is doing injury to the keeper's rights, replied the fireman. The master overwhelmeth us with his favors. Then the bathman proceeded to shave Zaw al-Makan's head, after which he and the stalker washed themselves and returned to the house, where he clad Zaw al-Makan in a shirt of fine stuff and a robe of his own, and gave him a handsome turban and girdle and a light kerchief which he wound about his neck. Meanwhile the fireman's wife had killed and cooked two chickens. So, as soon as Awal Makan entered and seated himself on the carpet, the husband arose, and dissolving sugar in willow flower water, made him drink of it. Then he brought the food tray, and cutting up the chickens, fed him with the flesh, and gave him the brooth to drink, till he was satisfied. When he washed his hands, and prayed Allah for recovery, and said to the fireman, Thou art he whom the Almighty vouchsafed to me, and made the cause of my cure. Leave this talk, replied the other, and tell us the cause of thy coming to this city, and whence thou art. Thy face showeth signs of gentle breeding. Tell me first how thou camest to fall in with me, said Zaw al-Makan and after I will tell thee my story. Rejoined the fireman, As for that, I found thee lying on the rubbish heap by the door of the firehouse, as I went to my work near the morning, and knew not who had thrown thee there, so I carried thee home with me. And this is all my tale. Quoth Saw al-Makan, Glory to him, who quickeneth the bones, though they be rotten. Indeed, O my brother, thou hast not done good, save to one worthy of it, and thou shalt presently gather its fruitage. And he added, But where am I now? Thou art in the city of Jerusalem, replied the stalker. Whereupon Zawal Makan called to mind his strangerhood and remembered his separation from his sister, and wept. Then he discovered his secret to the fireman, and told him his story, and began repeating, In love they bore me further than my force would go, and for them made me suffer resurrection throw. Oh, have compassion, cruel, on this soul of mine, which since ye fared, is pitied by each envious foe, nor grudge the tender mercy of one passing glance, my case to lighten 
easing this excess of woe. Quoth I, Heart, bear this loss in patience. Patience cried, Take heed, no patience in such plight, I'm wont to show. Then he redoubled his weeping, and the fireman said to him, Weep not, but rather praise Allah for safety and recovery. Asked Zaw al-Makan, How far it is hence to Damascus? Answered the other, Six days' journey. Then quoth Zaw al-Makan, Wilt thou send me thither? O my lord, quoth the stalker, How can I allow thee to go alone, And thou a youth and a stranger to boot? If thou would journey to Damascus, I am one who will go with thee, and if my wife will listen to and obey me, and accompany me, I will take up my abode there, for it is no light matter to part with thee. Then said he to his wife, Wilt thou travel with me to Damascus of Syria, or wilt thou abide here, whilst I lead this my lord thither and return to thee? For he is bent upon going to Damascus of Syria, and by Allah, it is hard to me to part with him, and I fear for him from highway men. Replied she, I will go with you both. And he rejoined, Praised be Allah for accord, and we have said the last word. Then he rose, and selling all his own goods and his wife's gear, and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the fifty-fifth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the fireman and his wife agreed with Zaw al-Makan to travel with him Damascus wards. Then the stalker sold his goods and his wife's gear, and bought a camel, and hired an ass for Zaw al-Makan. And they set out, and ceased not wayfaring for six days, till they reached Damascus. And they arrived there towards eventide, when the fireman went forth, and as was his wont, bought some meat and drink. They had dwelt but five days in Damascus, when his wife sickened, and after a short illness was translated to the mercy of Almighty Allah. Her death was a heavy matter to Zaw al-Makan, for he was grown used to her, as she had tended him assiduously, and the fireman grieved for her with exceeding grief. Presently the prince turned to the stalker, and finding him mourning, said to him, Grieve not, for at this gate we must all go in. Replied he, Allah make will thy lot, O my son, surely he will compensate us, with his favours, and cause our mourning to cease. What sayest thou, O my son, about our walking abroad to view Damascus and cheer thy spirits? Replied Zaw al-Makan, Thy will is mine. So the fireman arose and placed his hand in that of Zaw al-Makan, and the two walked on till they came to the stables of the viceroy of Damascus where they found camels laden with chests and carpets and brocaded stuffs, 
and horses ready saddled, and Bactrian dromedaries, while Mamelukes and negro slaves and folk of the Habab were running to and fro. Quoth Saw al Makan, I wonder to whom belong all these chattels and camels and stuffs. So he asked one of the eunuchs, Whither this dispatching? And he answered, These are presents sent by the Emir of Damascus to King Omar bin al Numan with the tribute of Syria. Now when Zaw al Makan heard his father's name, his eyes brimmed over with tears, and he began repeating, O ye gone for the gaze of these ridded eyne, he whose sight in my spirit shall ever dwell, your charms are gone, but this heart of mine hath no sweet and no pleasures its sour dispel. If Allah's grace make us meet again, in long-drawn love tale my love I'll tell. And when he had ended his verse, he wept, and the fireman said to him, O my son, we hardly believed that thy health had returned, so take heart and do not weep, for I fear a relapse for thee. And he ceased not comforting and cheering him, whilst Zaw al-Makan sighed and moaned over his strangerhood and separation from his sister and his family, and tears streamed from his eyes, and he recited these couplets. Get thee provant in this word, ere thou went upon thy way, and know how surely death descends thy life lot to waylay. All thy worldly goods are pride, and the painfulest to repine. All thy worldly life is vexing, of thy soul in vain display. Say, is not worldly one like a wanderer's place of rest, where at night he knacks his camels and moves off at dawn of day? And he continued to weep and wail over his separation whilst the fireman also bewept the loss of his wife, yet ceasing not to comfort Zaw al-Makan till morning dawned. When the sun rose, he said to him, Meseemeth thou yearnest for thy native land? Yes, replied Zaw al-Makan, and I can no longer tarry here, so I will commend thee to Allah's care, and set out with these folk and journey with them little by little, till I come to my motherland, said the stalker, and I with thee, for of a truth I cannot bear to party with thee. I have done thee kindly service, and I mean to complete it by tending thee on thy travel. At this Zaw al-Makan rejoiced and said, Allah abundantly requite thee for me, and was pleased with the idea of their travelling together. The fireman at once went forth and bought another ass, selling the camel, and laid in his provant and said to Zaw makan This is for thee to ride by the way, and when thou art weary of riding, thou canst dismount and walk. Said Zaw makan May Allah bless thee and aid me to requite thee, for verily thou hast dealt with me more lovingly than one with his brother. Then he waited till it was dark night, 
when he laid his provisions and baggage on that ass and set forth upon their journey. This much befell Zawa Makan and the firemen. But as regards what happened to his sister, Nusat al-Zaman, when she left her brother in the Khan where they abode, and wrapped in the old camlet, went out to seek service with someone, that she might earn wherewithal to buy him the roast meat he longed for, she fared on, weeping and knowing not whither to go, whilst her mind was occupied with thoughts of her brother and of her family and her native land. So she implored Allah Almighty to do away with these calamities from them, and began versifying. Dark falls the night, and passion comes sore pains to guard me dree, and pine upstairs those ceaseless pangs which work my tormentry, and cease not separation, flames my vital to consume and drives me on destruction way this sorrow's ecstasy, and longing breeds me restlessness, desire forever fires, and tears to all proclaim what I would keep in secrecy. No cunning shift is known to me a meeting to secure, that I may quit this sickly state, may cure my malady. The love which blazeth in my heart is fed with fancy fuel, the lover from its hell of fire must bear hell's agony. O thou who blamest me, for all befell me, tis enough. Patient I bear whatever wrote the reed of doom for me. By love I swear I'll never be consoled, no, never more. I swear the oath of love's own slaves who know no perjury. O night, to chroniclers of love, the news of me declare, that sleep hath fed mine eyelids, of thy knowledge witness bears. Then she walked on, weeping and turning right and left as she went, when behold, there espied her an old Badawi, who had come into the town from the desert, with wild Arabs other five. The old man took note of her, and saw that she was lovely, but she had nothing on her head save a piece of camlet, and marvelling at her beauty, he said to himself, This charmer dazzleth men's wits, but she is in squalid condition, and whether she be of the people of this city, or she be a stranger, I needs must have her. So he followed her, little by little, till he met her face to face, and stopped the way before her in a narrow lane, and called out to her, asking her case, and said, Tell me, O my little daughter, art thou a free woman or a slave? When she heard this, she said to him, By thy life do not add to my sorrows. Quoth he, Allah hath blessed me with six daughters, of whom five died and only one is left me, the youngest of all. And I come to ask thee, if thou be of the folk of this city or a stranger, that I might take thee and carry thee to her, to bear her company, so as to divert her from pining for her sisters. If thou have no kith and kin, I will make thee as one of them, 
and thou and she shall be as my two children. Nuzat al-Zaman bowed her head in bashfulness when she heard what he said, and communed with herself, Haply I may trust myself to this old man. Then she said to him, O uncle, I am a maiden of the Arabs, and a stranger, and I have a sick brother, but I will go with thee to thy daughter on one condition, which is, that I may spend only the day with her, and at night may return to my brother. If thou strike this bargain, I will fare with thee, for I am a stranger, and I was high in Aaron among my tribe, and I awoke one morning to find myself vile and abject. I came with my brother from the land of Al-Hijaz, and I fearless he know not where I am. When the Badawi heard this, he said to himself, By Allah, I have got my desire. Then he turned to her and replied, There shall none be dearer to me than thou. I wish thee only to bear my daughter company by day, and thou shalt go to thy brother at earliest nightfall, or, if thou wilt, bring him over to dwell with us. And the Badawi ceased not to console her heart and coax her, till she trusted in him and agreed to serve him. Then he walked on before her, and when she followed him, he winked to his men to go in advance and harness the dromedaries and load them with their packs and place upon them water and provisions, ready for setting out as soon as he should come up with the camels. Now this Badawi was a base-born churl, a highway thief and a traitor to the friends he held most fief, a rogue in grain, past master of plots and chicane. He had no daughter and no son, and was only passing through the town, when by the decree of the decreer he fell in with this unhappy one, and he ceased not to hold her in converse on the highway till they came without the city of Jerusalem, and when outside he joined his companions and found they had made ready the dromedaries. So the Badawi mounted a camel, having seated Nuzhat al-Zaman behind him, and they rode on all night. Then she knew that the Badawi's proposal was a snare, and that he had tricked her. And she continued weeping and crying out the whole night long, while they journeyed on, making for the mountains, in fear any should see them. Now when it was near dawn, they dismounted from their dromedaries, and the Badawi came up to Nuzat al-Zaman and said to her, O city's trumpet, what is this weeping? By Allah, and thou hold not thy peace, I will beat thee to death, O thou town filth. When she heard this, she loathed life and longed for death, so she turned to him and said, O accursed old man, O grey beard of hell, how have I trusted thee, and thou hast played me false, and now thou wouldest torture me? When he heard her reply, he cried out, O lazy baggage, dost thou dare to bandy words with me? 
and he stood up, took her, and beat her with a whip, saying, And thou hold not thy peace, I will kill thee. So she was silent a while. Then she called to mind her brother, and the happy estate she had been in, and she shed tears secretly. Next day she turned to the Badawi and said to him, How couldst thou play me this trick? and lure me into these bold and stony mountains, and what is thy design with me? When he heard her words, he hardened his heart, and said to her, O lazy baggage of ill omen and insolent, wilt thou bandy words with me? And he took the whip, and came down with it on her back, till she felt faint. Then she bowed down over his feet, and kissed them, and he left beating her, and began reveling her, and said, By the rights of my bonnet, if I see or hear thee weeping, I will cut out thy tongue, and stuff it up thy coint, O thou city filth. So she was silent, and made him no reply, for the beating pained her, but sat down with her arms round her knees, and bowing her head upon her collar, began to look into her case and her abasement after her lot of high honour, and the beating she had endured. And she called to mind her brother and his sickness and forlorn condition, and how they were both strangers in a far country, which craved tears down her cheeks. And she wept silently and began repeating, Time hath for this want to appraise and debase, nor is lasting condition for human race. In this world each thing hath appointed turn, nor may man transgress his determined place. How long these perils and woe, ah, woe, for a life all woeful in Parlor's case! Allah bless not the day which have laid me low, I the word with disgrace after so much grace. My wish is baffled, my hopes cast down, and distance forbids me to greet his face. O thou who passeth that dear one's door, say for me, these tears shall flow evermore. When she had finished her verses, the Badawi came up to her, and taking compassion on her, bespoke her kindly, and wiped away her tears. Then he gave her a barley scone, and said, I love not one who answereth at times when I am in wrath, so henceforth give me no more of these impertinent words, and I will sell thee to a good man like myself, who will do well with thee, even as I have done. Yes, whatso thou dost is right, answered she. And when the night was longsome upon her, and hunger burnt her, she ate very little of that barley bread. In the middle of the night, the Badawi gave orders for departure, and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 19 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2 Recording by Filippo Joachim